What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields, here on this first Saturday of the month of July, July the 3rd, the year 2021. Got a good show here for you on this opening weekend of the seventh month of the year. Uh, I will sound off on the absolute disgrace that is Cedric Mullins not uh, getting voted an all-star game starter for the American League in the center field and Mike Trout is. Give you my two cents on the Shikari Richardson situation. Uh, give you my two cents on that. The Suns are headed to the NBA Finals. Got game six tonight, Eastern Conference Finals between the Hawks and the Bucks. And uh, Trevor Bauer uh, got himself into some hot water within the last couple of days. All preventing me uh, from what I wanted to lead with and what I wanted the show to be dominated with today. And that is the New York Yankees who, uh, in a game against the Mets earlier this afternoon, still cannot get out of their own way. But let's begin with the absolute disgrace uh, the absolute disgrace that is the fact that Cedric Mullins was not voted an all-star game starter for the 2021 MLB all-star game. Ladies and gentlemen, did you know, okay, did you know that Cedric Mullins, the center fielder for my Baltimore Orioles, did not get voted a starter for the American League team to to play in the All-Star game in less than two weeks' time? Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that Cedric Mullins finished? Okay? Finished. Sixth in voting for the American League outfielders? Did you know that? Did you also know that Cedric Mullins is first in the American League among outfielders in OPS and second in batting average, first in hits, fifth in home runs, and first in stolen bases. Oh, and first in OPS and second in on-base percentage. And has this, and like I said, for the second time, the second best batting average in all of the American League among outfielders. And prior to their game against the Angels on Friday night, did you know, okay, did you know, Cedric Mullins, prior to last night's game, First, the American League among outfielders in hits, OPS, extra base hits, total bases, stolen bases, second best batting average in the American League because heading into Friday night's game, he was batting 322. And first in war, which I don't care about. It's that sabermetrical crap. But to the sabermetric baseball geeks out there, that stat matters. And that helps uh, Cedric Cedric Mullins' all-star game case, which is what I'm here to fight for him and to to prove as well. How in the world does Cedric Mullins finish sixth in American League uh, outfielder voting and Mike Trout finishes first? Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Trout... 
the center fielder for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, has not played a game since May 17th. It is July the 3rd. He will not play most likely until after the All-Star break, which you could already put on another seven, eight, nine games that he is going to miss on top of the many that on top of the 40 plus that he's missed since mid-May. He has missed nearly two entire months worth of baseball. Yet, and he has played this season, he has played 40 games this season. 40 games. And he finished first ahead of Cedric Mullins. You have got to be kidding me. And I don't want to hear the fact, well, Mike Trout this and Mike Trout that. I don't care. I could care less. Could care less about Mike Trout's three-time MVPs, his two-time All-Star Game MVPs, his eight-time previous All-Star appearances, his Rookie of the Year award, his, his eight silver sluggers. Could care less about it. That is irrelevant. This isn't a, this isn't a whether this isn't a matter of whether or not who gets into the Hall of Fame, Mike Trout or Cedric Mullins. This isn't a Hall of Fame debate. This is an All Star debate to figure out who indeed is slash was the best American League center fielder for the 2021 Major League Baseball season. And Mike Trout, who has not played a game since May 17th, has no business. No business. I don't care what Mike in Orange County says. Has, has zero business of being the number one leading vote getter among outfielders in the American League to go to the All-Star game. And the thing that bothers me even more is guys, when it comes time for these guys, when it's all said and done for them to go to Cooperstown, what is an accolade that we look at as far as determining whether or not a player deserves to go into the Hall of Fame? It's the, it's the All-Stars. It's the All-Stars in hockey, basketball, and baseball. Football, you look at Pro Bowls. That we we use the we, we use the All Star Game appearances to the, to determine a player's greatness, and I can he's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong, but how are you going to explain the fact that he gets he has he's going to appear in an All Star Game in which he only played the first month and a half of the of the season. How are you going to sit up here and explain to me that Mike Trout is an all-star when he played literally a month and a half? A month and a half of the season. The season wasn't even two months old and he was already injured. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think Dak Prescott was voted to the Pro Bowl. He injured himself in the middle of the second month of the season. He played a, about a month and a half or a month and a couple of weeks, and his, ankle, and his ankle broke. I don't think, now we didn't have the Pro Bowl anyway, but I don't think 
he was voted a pro bowler for playing only a month and a half of the football season. And why is this any different? I understand that 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 he's, you know, since he hasn't played in, in, in a long time, that at the time he was hitting the 333 with eight home runs uh, and 18 RBIs and an and a, and a OPS over 1,000, a slugging percentage of 624, and an on-base percentage of 466. But I don't care. Okay? Part of greatness and part of being an elite talent and a superstar is about staying on the field and being healthy. And you can't sit up here and convince me or tell me otherwise that Mike Trout deserved to be the number one leading vote getter when he hasn't played since May the 17th. I mean, you, 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 I mean, part of being considered a quote-unquote all-star and being an all-time great is that you got to stay on the field. And again, I'm not talking, this isn't an argument about legacy. This isn't, a, this isn't an argument of who's better all time. This isn't, a, this isn't a Hall of Fame debate. When it comes to the All-Star game or in football, the Pro Bowl, what you've done previous to this season is irrelevant. I don't I don't care what Mike Trout what Mike Trout's done the last couple of years. That's irrelevant. We're talking about was he an all-star and does he deserve to be in the all-star game for the job and the work that he's done during the 2021 Major League Baseball season. What he did in 2018, 17, 16, 15, 14, I could care less about. What this is a what have you done for me lately type of business. And not to, not to say that Mike Trout was trash prior that he got injured. He wasn't. He's putting up good numbers. But how, in, how can you explain to me and explain to the casual baseball fan and, ex, and explain to the, to the outsiders that, that aren't into the sport, how can you explain the fact that this guy is, was the leading vote-getter among American League outfielders and he hasn't played in, in nearly two months? How can you explain that? Yet Cedric Mullins, who is who because he's played just about every game and every day this season, he is top five in every single major hitting category among American League outfielders. Every single one. He is second in batting average. He is first in OPS. He is second in and on base percentage. He is fifth in home runs. In RBIs, he in uh, in RBIs, he's not in the top ten. We'll let that slide. In hits, in hits, he's number one. In stolen bases, he's number one. So in stolen bases, hits, home runs, average. OPS on base percentage, he's top five in every single category. And yet somehow, someway, he was voted sixth, sixth among American League outfielders with getting 10% of the vote. You have got to be kidding me. And I, and I, and I understand, I understand 
that Baltimore is in a small little corner of the United States. I get that. Not too many people live here anymore. People that don't live here, it's by choice, not by accident. I understand that the Baltimore Orioles in the last few years have been an unwatchable disaster of a franchise. I get that. But in the same breath, it ain't like that the Los Angeles Angels are winning championships either. The, the, the only thing that's attractive about watching the Los Angeles Angels play baseball is the fact that they play in the Los Angeles slash Orange County, Southern California area of the country. And they have, when healthy, the two best players in the sport right now in Trout and Shohei Otani. But other than, no, other than location and the two players that's on that on that 25-30 man roster, there's no reason to watch them because they don't win either. They don't win either. And, and, they play at 10 o'clock at night on the West Coast. I mean, it, 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 I mean it, it's ridiculous. And especially if you are going to, when it comes time for when these players are in their 40s and are retired, and it comes time for you to for that for for people the the uh, the Hall of Fame voters to sit back and look at and look at their credentials and to see if they if they deserve to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame and and All Star Game appearances factors in to their Hall of Fame candidacy, you cannot under any circumstances leave it up to a bunch of fans that more times than not are not baseball diehards such as yours truly. They more times than not are not objective when it comes to analyzing these players. That's the second thing. The third thing is they look for the big names, so they hear the big names. They want the big, they want the big, big names to be showcased and to be shown in the game. So, I mean, what are we doing? I mean, and 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 the casuals. I mean, the casuals. Get, oh, well, they've heard of Mike Trout, Aaron Judge. Oh, we'll vote them in. Aaron Judge feels the need to take a night off just for the hell of it because God forbid he plays a stretch of games where it's 95 degrees outside and, and, it's, and the games last three hours and 30 minutes, so he has to take a day off every fifth day. And then Mike Trout hasn't played since May the 17th. But yet because their name is Mike Trout and Aaron Judge and all the stature and the lore and the, dare I say, media bias that comes with being those two baseball players – they're going to get most of the attention. So the casuals that that can count on one hand how many Orioles games they've seen this year are going to automatically vote them instead of the diehard baseball fan or the person that watches Oreo games on a night-in, night-out basis and actually physically sees Cedric Mullins play. Their their vote gets mar- gets marginalized and gets and gets chucked to the wolves while the casuals that wouldn't know Cedric Mullins from Al Bummery gets 10% of the vote and finishes in sixth place. I mean, you can't have something that 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 falls within the categories of Hall of Fame acumen being the responsibility of the fans. You can't do it. There needs to be a vote. Here's how you solve this. The baseball writers 
and and P and their fellow players and the managers vote for the All Star Game. And if you have a tie, you'll break it. You, then you might decide to 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 put the fan vote in. Well, I think the NBA it isn't entirely done by fan voting. I think a certain percentage percent of it is fan vote. Another percent of it is the players, and the other percent of it is the coach is the uh, coaches. Do it that way. If you don't want to take away the fan vote altogether, have d- divvy it up into certain percentages where where the actual Major League Baseball players themselves have a chance to vote. The managers that have the game plan against these players have a chance to vote, and then the fans that see it from a fan perspective, if you want to still allow them to have their say, then you can allow them to have their say. But for the fans to have 100% of the say of deciding whether or not Cedric Mullins doesn't deserve to be an all-star game starter for the American League of center field is an absolute disgrace. Again, top five. Top five in hits, OPS, extra base hits, Total bases, stolen bases, batting average, top five in every single category. And yet he finishes sixth, and Mike Trout that hasn't played that hasn't played since mid-May finishes first. You gotta be kidding me. Who has nearly missed a near two months of the season. Cedric Mullins, he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, forty. 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, 81, 82, 82, 82, 82. That is, that's all you need to know. 82, nearly every single game. And he finishes sixth, and Mike Trout finishes in first, and he hasn't played since May the 17th. Top five. In nearly every single major hitting category within American League outfielders, he gets 10% of the vote and finishes sixth. Mike Chud hasn't picked up a baseball bat since mid-May. Finishes first. And I understand the Orioles are trash, but it doesn't matter. Angels aren't no, ain't no better off either. My goodness gracious. I mean, it makes me sick. How, how, how in the world? That, how in the world can you explain this to me? Makes no sense whatsoever. Dumb. And he deserves the start. Mike Chud is going to play in the All Star game anyway. 
He deserves to start. Cedric Mullins got robbed. It's ridiculous. Just getting started. Back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Talking Tell podcast. Switching gears now to another disgrace that took place within the sports world the last couple of days, and that is Shikari Richardson, uh, Olympic sprinter, uh, Olympic sprinter for was supposed to be the Team USA. Uh, national team to compete in the Olympics um, got busted. Uh, what uh, got busted Friday? What late? Th- I think it was Friday. Um, uh, well, it, earlier this week doesn't make any difference what day it was, but um, earlier this week because uh, she, of course, big time Olympic sprinter, the fastest. Uh, fastest woman in the world that was going to represent the United States' Olympic team in Tokyo within the next upcoming week. Um, but, uh, but cannot in the Olympics, but can't because, uh, she got busted because she couldn't stay off the weed. But, but, It was a bullcrap reason. That was the bull. That's the bullcrap reason. The fact that she got busted, be, she got busted for smoking some weed, is an absolute mind-numbing, unfair, bullcrappy way to be told. Hey, you got you. You can't participate. You, you're going to miss some time in the Olympics later this month. It's a one. It's a one-month suspe- suspension. Which it, it's oh it's so bad because suspended for one month after a failed drug test, it, it's so. Ugh, I I I I don't like that not one bit. Now I understand, and for all you people, the rules are the rules, people. I understand all that. That. You know you can't you can't smoke weed and everything else. It doesn't negate the fact, and it doesn't change the fact that, for one, it's an asinine, outdated, stupid, bogus rule. Okay, I mean, what I mean, what are we doing? It's not 1981, uh, the uh, IOC. It's ni- It's 2021. Okay, get with the times and get out of the 20th century. It's 2021, not 1981. So I understand that she broke a rule, and and. and to her credit, she did not cut corners. She did not dance around the issue. She did not tap dance around the issue. She did not blame anybody else. She didn't throw stones. She didn't throw stones. She didn't pass the buck. She didn't do any of that. She rose her hand and said, hey, I'm taking full accountability and full responsibility of this. I, now it's bullcrap. The whole rule is bullcrap, but I broke the rule. I'm holding myself responsible. I'm take. I'm. Ha, ha, I'm gonna show some form of self accountability here, which she did, to her credit, which she did. Now, what's a joke? What is an absolute joke? Is 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 this rule? This rule is a joke. 
Okay, if we, I, I, I could see, and I, I could see, and I could understand, could understand if, the, if this was steroids. I could see if it was steroids. I could see if it was some form of a performance-enhancing drug that she was given. I could see that, and I can understand that. But the fact, the fact that she got busted for weed in 2021, and the fact that this rule is still within the Olympic rulebook is an absolute joke and, and is an utter disgrace. Guys, wake up and pull your head out of the bushes and and get in a time machine and come join us in the 21st century, please. 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 The state that her qualifying race was in, Oregon, weed is legal. She goes to LSU, the state of Louisiana, weed is legal, okay? And she's not under the age, okay? She's not under the age. She will be, she's born in 2000, she will be, or she already is, excuse me, 21 years of age. So she's older than 18, and, and if I don't know the ins and outs of the, I understand that they changed the, the cigarette smoking to eight, from 18 to 21. I don't know what, what from where it varies, varied, varies uh, state to state, but she's 21 years of age. 21 years of age, the state she goes to school, she uh, from uh, Louise, from LSU, Louisiana, it's legal to, to, from, to my knowledge, and the state that the race took place in, Oregon, and what she had that standard drug test, weed is legal there. So, and, and, it's, and it's legal in about, what, 60%-ish, maybe a little more, of the entire country. I thought as a society and as and as humanity as a whole, we were past this. Again, this is nineteen this is not nineteen eighty one, this is two thousand and twenty one. Let's get with the times and, and 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 let's get on with it, please. Come on, let's go. Come on. If 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 Christopher Mad Dog Russo is is taking THC gummies, it, it's it you that's when you know that that's just stuck in the past. Chris uh, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, my pal, is, is is as old as far as as far as how he thinks and what he's into, or the, as as the, as the as days long. But when it comes, but when it comes to, to the to the wonderful, uh, but it com when it comes to the wonderful drug of cannabis, that's that's when Chris Russo gets two thousand and twenty one hip on you. If he's if it if he's doing it, and it's and it's fine by him, it should be fine by the IOC. Now I'm not trying to make Chris Russo out to, out to be out to be God, but but you get but you get the idea. This isn't steroids. This isn't you know opioids. This isn't any performance enhancing drug. If it was, I could totally see it. Be like ah well, obviously that when she's on the, she's on this um she's when she's on this uh obviously her performance when she runs the track will be significantly better than everybody else. I think Marion Jones, I think, was also an Olympic sprinter too back in the day. She got busted for steroid use. I could see if it was that if it was that if this was the same situation. It is not. 
and there's no evidence, scientifical, scientific or medical data or research or anything that says that smoking weed gives a gives a player a upper hand when competing in an athletic event. Okay? If anything, it hurts it because weed is a depressant. Slows your heart rate down. Slows your reaction time down. So if anything, it's doing, it's the, it's, it's the opposite. Because it slows your heart rate down, your reaction time down. It gets you, a lot of, it get, it gets you cool and subdued and, you're, and, you're, and you really chill. You're not necessarily on high alert. And it doesn't matter because she's still kicking everybody's behind in the Olympic trials. So if anything, it's hurting her athletically more than it is helping her. But it is a stupid, egregious, dumb, bogus rule it need, and that needs to be exonerated. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. I don't care what anyone from, anyone from the IOC says and what anyone that disagrees with me says. Nonsense could care less. This is a dumb rule and it's a stupid rule. And oh, by the way, the whole reason why the weed was in her system because she was coping with her mother's death. Say it one more time. Coping with her mother's death. Everybody grieves and mourns and gets through a tough time in their life in their own different, unique ways. Some people smoke weed. Some people indulge in the weed gummies. Some people drink, indulge in food. They work out like they're, they're, they work out and lift weights and, and, and run and do a, all, a whole bunch of physical activity as if they're possessed. Some people ostracize themselves from society and become a total introvert and shut down and don't want to be bothered with anybody. Some people, because they lost one person in their life, try to make up for it so they make sure at all points in time that they're around people and involved in some form of human interaction and conversation. Some people, let's be upfront and say it, some people masturbate and, 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 and relieve their stress and their, ten and their tension through sexual activity. Some people do it as some people get over stuff like that when as when it comes to indulging in hobby in whatever hobbies that they have people mourn and grieve in all sorts and different types of different ways and her way of doing it was mellowing out smoking some weed back in the day back in the day if it was 1971 It'd be smoke. It'd just be smoking a, a couple packs of cigarettes a day, or smoking a cigar. It's the same thing. Same same premise. So if you don't have, if you at least not have enough empathy and compassion in your heart to feel for someone whose mother passed away, 
I can't help you. And again, people mourn and grieve in every different ways. Just because if her, when her mother, her, her mother, uh, how she grieves when her, find out her mother uh, is dead and she decides to smoke weed, that doesn't mean every single person, every single person from here on out is going to, you know, when their mother passed away, is going to hit up and roll up a blunt. No. That's how she manages her sadness, her anxiety, her uh, depression, and, and her, if you want to put it this way, mental demons. Everybody handles handles stuff like that in their own little separate different way. Own little separate different way. So for one, people should not be casting aspersions and casting judgment and calling her out because that's what she likes to do when she's down. Let someone close to you something something like that that catastrophic happen to you and see how you react and see how you handle it. Yeah, yeah, y'all may not, you know, indulge in weed, but I but but you won't leave any beer, whiskey, wine, or uh or or liquor bottles unturned. Tell you that. So first off, have some compassion for for, for this woman. And second off, IOC change the stupid stinking rule. Why 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 is why is and especially when it's when it's legal in nearly the entire country anyway. Why why are we still making a big deal in testing for weed? When I guarantee you guarantee you that if I decided to turn on the Olympics later this month, I guarantee you I will see dozens, dozens of beer commercials on television. I guarantee you. And this is part of the, and this is where the NFL has been criticized all these years. They crack down on NFL players smoking weed, yet them and Bud Light or back when I was growing up, their partnership, the NFL's partnership with Coors Light, now now different brand, and and Heiser Bush and Bud Light, the them and the NFL are joined together at the hip. Yet you're an NFL player, you can't smoke weed. So that's where the NFL got themselves in trouble. Now I think in the NFL, you I, I think I'm not positive, but I think it's legal for you to for you to for you to uh, smoke weed as an NFL player. I think. But again, but like I previously stated, weed's gonna hurt her athletic performance. If anything, not help it. It's a depressant. This isn't PEDs. This isn't steroids. What's the issue? And again, why in 2021 are we criminalizing people for smoking weed? Explain that to me. And when it's legal in nearly the in nearly the in damn near the entire United States of America, make it make sense. I mean, it's 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 so stupid. It really, really is. This is just dumb. Everyone making a big deal out of it 
well, well, we can't have making these making these arguments. Well, we can't have players sitting up here and participate in the Olympics while under the influence of stuff. I'm not saying that I would be the one to do it, and I'm not necessarily advising, nor are other people necessarily advising that they participate in athletic events under the influence of drugs and alcohol either. But come on, stop, please stop, Max McGee who was hammered the night leading up to and the morning of and the day of Super Bowl One? You know what he did when he was drunk as a skunk? You know what he did in the first Super Bowl? Had a seven reception, 138 yard and two touchdown performance. And the first Super Bowl was drunk as a skunk. And played out of his mind in a championship game for Lombardi's Packers. Tim Raines, who's in the Baseball Hall of Fame, carried Coke veils in his back pocket in the 80s. Look it up. He's in the Hall of Fame. Doc Ellis of the Pittsburgh Pirates threw a no-hitter on LSD. On LSD. Threw a no-hitter. And used methamphetamines nearly every day he pitched and won a World Series with the Pirates 50 years ago. The 86 Mets did more drugs than you can shake a stick at. And won the World Series. Stop. Please, stop. I can go all day long and, and could find you examples of players that were either drunk or hammered like you wouldn't believe with drugs and somehow, some way performed better under the influence than they would if they were sober. So stop. Again, Max McGee, drunk as a skunk and had a seven reception, 138 yard and two touchdown catches in the Super Bowl was drunk. And Doc Ellis threw a no-hitter on LSD. Please. It doesn't matter. Nonsense. Again, unless it's steroids, I don't want the IOC playing drug police. I don't. Especially in this day and age when we're still criminalizing people for doing weed. I, I'm sick of hearing it and I'm sick of seeing it. I'm done. Please. I mean, these guys are doing these things back back when all... Now, now don't give me... 
were doing these things back and back when it was illegal to do this type of stuff. You know what would happen if Tim Raines were to slide and it would and one of his little things of coke came out of his back pocket? Would have, you would have seen a police SWAT team arrest him on the spot. He's in Hall of Fame. I mean, Lawrence Taylor did God knows how many lines of coke during his NFL career, and he's one of the greatest NFL defensive players of all time. Two-time Super Bowl champion. God, I, I, I'm so sick of hearing it. So sick of hearing it. Let Shikari Richardson run in the Olympics for Christ's sakes. My goodness gracious. Let her run. She ain't hurting nobody. She ain't causing or doing any bodily harm to anybody. Jeez. I mean, I, 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 I don't get it. 2021 and we're still quote-unquote criminalizing people for smoking weed? Really? I thought we were past this as a society. In 1981, I get it. But in 2021, really? Ugh. See, it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's so... Ugh. I, ugh, it makes me sick. And the fact that she was doing this to cope with her mother's death. And the IOC doesn't doesn't turn the blind eye, doesn't face the other way, doesn't give her the benefit of the doubt. She says, "Ah, screw you. Who cares? We're the big bad IOC. You know what? You're not participating in the early part of the Olympic Games. You're banned for a month. See ya." Oh my God. I mean, get get over yourselves, will you? Please get over yourselves and change that stupid rule. My goodness gracious. Back with more. This is the Amatelic and Lucky TIS podcast. Back after this. By the way, David Wells' perfect game in May of 98 for the Yankees, he was hung over. So, 
Everyone's in up here making a big deal. Oh, you can't have athletes performing under the influence. Nonsense. Okay, I, I could be here for three hours giving you every single magnificent performance that that athletes, that professional athletes have had during a game where they are either drunk, high, or God knows what else. They're, they're, I'll, put, I'll put it to you in these words, under the influence of drugs and alcohol, I could be here for three hours giving you examples of players that have performed well and done so while under the influence. Please. If Shakari Richardson wants to smoke a couple of blunts to keep her from crying her eyeballs out because her mother passed away, IOC, let her. It's ridiculous. Please, get over yourselves. It's 2021 and 1981. Get with the times, guys. Please. Please. Anyway. Switch to a topic that has dominated uh, the good majority of my shows within the last month or so uh, it was a good it was a good week uh, in sports you know when when you can go when you have a when you have a buffet of different options uh that you can talk about in a in a bi-weekly show such as this one uh you know you're in good shape you know I could I could have done the Yankees I could have done Otani uh spitting a bit in the Bronx the other night the Yankees stink could have done them I of course uh, the Mullen stuff bothered me, so I wanted to get that out on. I wanted to lead with that first off. He had the Shikari Richardson stuff. Um, I could have went also when the IOC banning uh, the swim cap made made for uh, made for uh, black swimmers because, of course, our hair is different, and you know, and our hair when we grow it out doesn't go down; it grows up. So and the IOC banning that banning that swim cap, which is another utter joke and is and a disgrace. I could have went off about that. I could have cho- I could have chosen that. I could have went a, many other different ways. And of course, having to discuss the items. And of course, I'll get to Trevor Bauer to close out the show. Uh, that's another thing. And then of course, you also have to find a way to to talk about what what these shows have been dominated on, and that is the 2021 NBA playoffs, which is where this segment. Uh, will uh, is which is what this uh, upcoming segment right now will consist of. The Phoenix Suns are on their way to the NBA Finals, taking care of business in Game Six, one thirty to one hundred three, uh, against the and knocking off the uh, LA Clippers, who showed tremendous grit and showed tremendous fight uh, in this series and made things interesting in Game Six for the majority. Uh, of the game, but Chris Paul decided, you know what, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go 17 years without an NBA Finals appearance. This ends now, and he, uh, st- uh, and he stuck the dagger to the hearts of many Clipper fans, and making it uh, hurt uh, hurt ten times more seeing their ex Clipper Chris Paul raise the Western Conference Championship uh, trophy. Out there on the uh, staple, out there on the staple center's floor, Chris Paul scored forty-one points, sixteen to twenty-four from the field, seven of eight from three. He was absolutely phenomenal from three on Wednesday night uh, with eight with eight assists, four rebounds, forty-one points. Devin Booker, ten of twenty-six from the field, twenty-two points. Did not have his best night. Turned over the basketball three times, one of seven. From three, Jay Crowder was five of nine from three, uh, five of nine from three, five rebounds, nineteen points for him. He was absolutely, uh, he's a very, very good, 
uh, power forward amongst or within that uh, Phoenix Suns offense. Um, and then the L.A. Clippers, you know, I came out here and I uh, screamed and yelled because DeMarcus Cousins making a mountain out of a molehill and he can't put two and two together and realize why Paul George gets criticized so much within the media and the fans on social media and everything else. Well, this is why, you know, in an, in an elimination game, you got to put your team on your back uh, once again, once more without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and it's a home game, an elimination game, and a chance for you to tie this series up at three games apiece of force of game seven. You cannot, under any circumstances, play 41 minutes and go one of six from three, go one of six from three, uh, score and score a mire 21 points and turn over the basketball four times when you're getting paid the money that Paul George is making. Uh, so, so if the Marcus Cousins ever gets confused again and ha and and can't put his f finger on on why uh Paul George gets uh heavily criticized uh by everybody and their grandmama well this is why Clo uh, an elimination game western conference finals home game chance to force a game a, a chance to force game 7 game 7 is on game 7 or not playing again until uh, until this fall is on the line and Paul George uh, shoots one of six from three, turns over the basketball four times, and puts up a very mediocre 21 points in an elimination playoff game. That is why Paul George gets critiqued, DeMarcus Cousins. That is why. That is why. That is why. When, when, when Marcus Morris Sr. is outscoring Paul George, you got a problem. Major. Major. Major problem but congratulations to the phoenix suns absolutely deserved it you know i thought they were going to be in some trouble of course earlier early in the postseason back in mid-may when uh paul george or paul george when chris paul uh aggravated aggravated his shoulder had a shoulder injury you thought that the phoenix suns would be down for the count um and then all of a sudden anthony davis uh hurts his groin and all of a sudden the tides change the Phoenix was on an absolute roll. They knocked off. Uh, they knocked off the. Uh, they knocked off the um, Lakers in the first round. Swept Denver in the second round. Uh, took a two zero series lead against the Clippers. Got a little interest. Got a little interesting. Uh, and then, but but in the uh, you know lost to get lost game five. Uh, lost game five at home, which is which is something that the uh, which some the Suns did not did not do very often so far in this postseason, and that's lose home playoff games, and end up uh, getting the getting the job done in Game Six at Staples Center on Wednesday. Chris Paul uh, became the oldest player in playoff history with thirty five points in consecutive closeout games in the same postseason. The previous oldest, Michael Jordan. That he dropped 37, which at that point in time was a season high uh, against the Nuggets in Game 4 of that series. Now a new season high, 41 points, is which he dropped on the heads of the L.A. Clippers on Wednesday night. Um, that loss, uh, that loss on Wednesday night also was the Clippers' first loss by more by 10 points or more in the playoffs. 
uh, and Chris Paul scored 31 of his first 41 points in the second half. He was not a factor whatsoever uh, in the first half of that game. I kept on saying to myself, and I tweeted this, I kept on saying to myself, come on, Chris, this is game six. You know, you don't, you don't, I understand it'd be a home game, but you don't want to go back to Phoenix with a game seven. You just don't, don't do that, man. You don't. You don't have a you don't have a good history when it comes to game sevens and three one leads and everything else of that nature. Get the you have you finally have a chance to get your foot to put your foot in the door and get to an NBA Finals. Don't squander this moment. Seize the opportunity. Let's go. And he was dilly dallying around throughout the first half, and then and then again one one more time turned on the switch in the second half. And all systems go, scored 31 of his 41 points in the second half and either scored or assisted on 59 points in Phoenix's Game 6 win on Wednesday night. That is So the Phoenix Suns are on their way to the NBA Finals. Um, their first Finals appearance since 1993. They've only appeared in the NBA Finals twice in their, fran- twice in their franchise history. They appeared. They appeared in it. Sorry about that with the uh, with the microphone. But they previously appeared in the NBA Finals in 1976. I believe in '76 that was when they lost to Boston. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I can look that up right quick. In '76, yeah, they lost to Boston in the spring of '76. Um, and then of course they um, and then of course they made it to the finals in '93. Uh, that was that was the th- was that and that was the third that was the third championship of the Jordan Bulls uh, first three peat in the early nineties when they lost to the Bulls in uh, in nineteen ninety in nineteen ninety three they knocked off the Lakers they knocked off the Lakers in ninety one ninety two I'll pull that up right quick. In '92, they knocked off. Who did they knock off? Um, let's see. They knocked off. I looked this up right quick. So I'm thinking on the fly right here. They knocked off who? 1992 NBA Finals. I wish I could pull this up quicker than this. Uh, NBA Finals. They knocked off Jordan, knocked off the Trailblazers. Okay, so it was, all right, so it's the Trailblazers in 92. 91, the uh, Bulls knocked off the Lakers. Ninth for his first one, 92 was the Trailblazers. 93, it was the Suns. Um, and then, of course, uh, and then Jordan go, and then, of course, Jordan uh, goes away. It goes away in 19... Goes away in 1994. That was uh, the that was the Knicks and the Rockets that year. Um, got came back, uh, came back in '95 and they got knocked off by the Magic. Uh, and that was the uh, and that was you had so the '90s basically was here's how you here's how you had the '90s. The '90s you had the '90s you had the second championship of the Pistons three peat in '89 and '90. The Bulls won in 91, 92, 93. They, uh, the knocked off the Lakers, Trailblazers, uh, and then the Phoenix Suns. Jordan goes goes away in 94. Uh, you have the Rockets. You have the Rockets and the Knicks. Rockets went back to back. Uh, See, so Rockets went back to back 
and and Jordan Jordan's Bulls gets knocked off by uh comes back in 95 and gets knocked off by the uh by the magic in the process then 96 it's the first of the it's the first of the second three peat in which the in which uh Jordan knocked off the supersonics uh and then Utah back to back so so I don't know how we got to that. Oh, we were talking about the Suns' last finals appearance. That's how we got to that. But that's what we said. But you, but you had a whole, but you had a whole lot of, you had a whole lot of repeat champions in the NBA in the nineties. Um, and in the Bulls win in ninety eight, ninety nine. You get ninety nine. You get the Spurs. So so you basically you basically had you had. Uh, the Pistons went. You had the Pistons uh, re, uh, back to go back to back to end the end the eighties and head into the nineties. They went in ninety. Uh, then the Bulls repeat in from ninety one, ninety two, and ninety three. The Rockets repeat in ninety four and ninety five. And then the and then the Bulls threepeat again in ninety six, ninety seven, and ninety eight. And then the beginning of the Spurs dynasty happens in nineteen uh, kicks off in nineteen ninety nine when they knock off when they knocked off the Knicks in five games in that series in nineteen ninety nine. But congratulations to the Suns, they've deserved it. Uh, uh, Devin Booker, who like I've said many a time, uh, is the uh, is the Suns' best player on the team. But Chris Paul is their most important and their most valuable player on the team. Uh, Devin Booker. You know, began his NBA career rough. You know, that team was that team was one of the worst teams in the NBA a few short years ago. Uh, Chris Paul always got always somehow someway got the short end of the stick. He's now playing in his first NBA Finals. All hats off go to him and Monty Williams. Phenomenal job. Clippers, good job getting to the Western Conference Finals. Hope Kawhi is healthy next time. But um, but but you had but you had a decent season. And again, I'll say it. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Tyron Lewis, a hell of a coach. And shame on Patrick Beverly, by the way, that chump, for shoving Chris Paul in the back in game six, who will receive a one-game suspension to begin the new season uh, for his classless, gutless, punkish, childish actions by shoving Chris Paul in the back the way he did uh, in game six on Wednesday night. What an absolute clown Patrick Beverly is. My goodness gracious. Um, and then, of course, you go to the East, and then of course you go to the Eastern Conference in which you will have a game six tonight. Uh and the more and in game six, Milwaukee has a chance to shut it down and win the Eastern Conference. Um on game in game six tonight. Uh, after taking care of basically gets Atlanta one twenty three to one twelve. Uh no Trey Young, no Trey Young and no uh Giannis Antetokounmpo uh for uh, no Giannis, no uh Trey Young in game five. Um, so you had um, so for the Milwaukee side, you had uh, Middleton and Lopez and Porters and Holiday carried a load for Milwaukee. Holiday scored twenty five scored twenty five points, nine of twenty from the field, three of eight from three. Porters scored twenty two points, nine of twenty as well. But how about Brooke Lopez, who had a hell of a performance? He was fourteen of eighteen from the field, five of seven from the free throw line, had two steals, seven rebounds. Scored 33 points, was the Bucks' leading scorer on Thursday night in Middleton. Shot 50% from the field. Uh, his three-point shooting was uh, was uh, was no was a subpar. Uh, had 13 rebounds, eight assists, two steals. Scored 26 points, 
for Milwaukee. Atlanta, I mean, with no Trey Young, what can you do? Uh, Bogdan Janovic was 10-22 from the field, 7-16 seven of, seven of from three, scored 26, or excuse me, 28 points. Lou Williams scored 17, Collins 19 points as Atlanta looks to fight off elimination in game six, uh, in game six later tonight. Um, I think I got, uh, Beverly suspended. Where did I, I was going to bring this up. I don't know where I saw this from, but, um, as far as Giannis, as far as Giannis's health for, uh, for game six is concerned, I don't believe he's going to play tonight. He's going to miss games. He's okay. So it's official. Uh, Giannis is out for game six, uh, against Atlanta and Atlanta. Meanwhile, Trey Young, uh, as of right now, is questionable for Game Six. And by the time this podcast comes out, be close. If not, the game has already started, so you'll see whether or not Trey Young will play just by uh, watching uh, the game later tonight. So it looks like that you could have a Suns Bucks NBA Final, which would be something different. Very intriguing and provide and provide a little change of pace, a little different flavor in an NBA that's so dominated time and time and time again by the dominating superstar and the super teams and the familiar teams of Golden States of the world, whatever team LeBron James is on. But a good change of pace for the NBA. So we give uh, we give the NBA uh, Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals their uh, their time of day. Take a break, get into this Trevor Bauer situation, and close out the program. This is the I'm Telling TIS podcast. When I met you in the summer, to my heartbeat sound, we fell in love as the leaves turn brown. Welcome back to the Amatelaki TIS podcast. Switching gears down to Trevor Bauer, uh, the starting pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who right now has landed himself in some hot water uh, recently because of the fact that he is facing issues of sexual uh, assault. Uh, which is being uh, currently investigated, and he was placed on a seven-day leave by Major League Baseball. He was scheduled to pitch against the Washington Nationals. The Dodgers are in D.C. Uh, this weekend, but scheduled to pitch in D.C. He's placed on administrative leave. 
accused of sexual assault, a 27-year-old woman during uh, two uh, sexual encounters. The sex was consensual, so it wasn't, so this isn't whether or not Bauer raped the woman. It's the fact that, uh, it's the fact that Bauer, um, it's the fact that Bauer obviously, uh, cannot seem to control himself when he, uh, cannot seem to control himself when he is, when he is engaging in sucks and such actions. Um, this is the sort of came out of, uh, that came out of the athletic, um, said this is a woman in a 67 page, uh, ex parte document said that Bauer assaulted her on two different occasions. Um, the woman said that two incidents Bauer punched her in the face, her uh, her lady parts, um, her butt, sticking her his fingers down her throat, strangling her to the point where she lost consciousness multiple times. Um, she suffered injuries such as black eyes, bloody swollen lip significant bruising and scratching to one side of her face. Woman's declaration signed under the penalty of perjury in California state laws. She said that her medical notes state that she had a significant head and facial trauma and there were signs of bacillar uh, skull fracture. Um, this, and this obviously, and it's, this is a quote from her saying, I agreed to have consensual sex. However, I did not agree nor consent to what he did next. She says, I did not agree to be sexually assaulted. Um, uh, the hearing is scheduled for July 23rd. Um, uh, no, uh, Bowers Camp confirmed that they plan that they plan to take part in the hearing. No formal, ch no former charges have been filed. This is a relationship between this woman and Bauer been taking place since April of this year. Um, uh, they were consensual. So again, this isn't a matter of rape, uh, repeatedly asking for, we have messages that show her asking for rough sexual encounters involving to be quote unquote choked out and slapped in, slapped in the face. Um, uh, which, you know, whatever floats your boat. I mean, I'm not a huge, if I give my personal two cent opinion into this, I'm not a huge fan of you know, uh, trying to say this without making it weird, but I'm not a huge fan of, you know, during sex, uh, choke me and essentially assault people while you're, um, you know, while you're going through the action of intercourse. It's just, that's just not my thing. You know, it's a, a, play, a playful, hard, hard spank on the ass is one thing. Um, but, but that choking, but that choke me and slapping and pimp slapping a woman in the face, I'll never understand, I'll never understand that. I'll never get that. And it behooves me why, uh, why there are women out there that like that to be done to them, especially when there's a lot of men that, you know, you give them an inch, they take a mile and Trevor Bauer being the case in point, you know, if, if he and this, and this uh, and this woman, you know, was into that BDSM uh, uh, form of sex. That's their business. But uh, but I this is one reason why I don't like it. And if it was me, I would if I was if I was you know having uh, sex with women all over the place. This is why I would never do such a thing because a I'm a I'm just not that type. 
And B, if I was, I'd probably still be against it because, you know, you never know how a person's going to react until, again, that old adage, you give them an inch, they take a mile, and Bauer, that prime example. Uh, so I just I just don't understand it, and I do not get that whatsoever. I mean, I mean, if you find a if you find a woman attractive and you and you wanna and you wanna uh, mess with her in bed a little bit, the why the last thing that should in any normal human being's head would come across to is is hey, how can I cause physical physical uh, trauma and physical pain to this person again? The, the 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 spanking of the spanking of the ass with your bare hand or uh, or uh, or a, or a spatula with baby oil on it is one thing but this is this is just taking it zero to a hundred into the tenth degree but um the investigation is currently going on um the authorities saying that this is bigger um than we thought major league baseball is getting a lot of crap because it's saying that he should be he should be on the lead, on placed on leave a lot longer than a whole week. Um, a, a New York prosecutors, former New York prosecutors, saying that if it wasn't Trevor Bauer to be arrested already, he signed a three-year, hundred hundred and two million dollar contract with the Dodgers this past February. Um, so this a lot, a lot to unfold here as far as this Trevor Bauer case is concerned. Um, and this is a guy, Trevor Bauer, who is is hard to is hard to root for, hard to like, hard to embrace. Comes across as a complete douchebag. Um, you know, this he gives more he gives more reasons for you not to like him than it is for you to be a fan of him. That douchey, the just the douchey way he acts, he walks off the court with that Conor McGregor thing that he does walking off the court. The way that, ugh, that that makes me sick. Uh, this same guy that was all bent out of shape in his final start with the Cleveland Indians and decided to throw the ball over the center field fence in Kansas City, and then the Cleveland shipped them off, uh, shipped them off uh, via trade in that situation. Same guy who uh, who nearly chopped off his finger, uh, ble- uh, bleeding bleeding to death when he had a playoff start uh, when he was with the Indians against the Toronto Blue Jays. This guy is a complete. Uh, he's he's essentially a cyber bully on social media. Um, I obviously not that it not that it matters, but I, me and him obviously don't see eye to eye when it comes to a lot of political stuff. But even you throw the political stuff aside, he's just not. He's just not. It's fair to say that he's just not a a a good or a likable human being. You know, coming after people on social media. You know, he's a selfish, self-centered type of guy. I agree with him more times than not than with his criticisms of Manfred, but he he is so unembraceable and so unlikable, it, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. But he's placed on seven-day lead. Uh, face, he's facing allegations. Of course, the investigations are still going on. The situations of sexual assault. So when we figure out, um, and if there's will be any charges filed, any arrests made, that will remain to be seen. Roberto Ocuna, uh, got in trouble. Ozuna, excuse me, got in trouble uh, earlier in the month of June for uh, domestic violence issues. He looks like his his days in Major League Baseball, and certainly if not with the uh, with the uh, Atlanta Braves, uh, well, you know those days are done for him. 
And if this Barrett situation ends up becoming a big major story to the point where a la Ray Rice situation where you can't escape it, where you turn on cable news, you turn on network news, and it will be a subject of uh, conversation, then he'll never see the light of day again uh, wearing a Los Angeles Dodger uh, uniform. But it remains to be seen. Uh, let's see if we'll get some more information come Wednesday's show. And speaking of Wednesday's show... That is, jeez, sorry about that, Wednesday show, that's when we will talk to you again. If you're new to the program and you like what you heard, please subscribe, follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield, follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it, T-I-S, and the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast. This is your boy J Shields, have a happy and safe and healthy 4th of July weekend. Talk to you Wednesday. See ya.